you know, they say water is the most destructive force on the planet, and it it's incredible, you know, what can happen to these buildings and the cost it takes to restore them. This is From Paint to Purpose, a podcast by FCP Services, where we believe people drive growth, exploring topics related to company culture, leadership, and construction industry insights. Now your host, John Barsness. So Andy, tell us a little bit about your background. You are a the manager of estimating here at FCP Services, but talk to us a little bit about where you started, how you got into the industry itself, and, and what prompted you to uh, decide that this was a path that you wanted to follow from a career standpoint. Yeah, in uh, I started out college as uh, a business management major. Didn't really have much direction where I wanted to go, just like going to college, got to get my four-year degree. Um, I had worked a little bit in construction. Um, but I got a job after my freshman year of college pouring concrete and really got involved in a lot of projects, anything from, you know, small residential up to huge industrial stuff, just doing amazing things. I didn't know you could do with concrete and kind of being on those projects, um, kind of seeing it all really got me interested in construction as a whole. So I changed my, uh, focus to construction management for a degree and, Ended up getting that degree, uh, started out out of college as an assistant project manager, worked my way up to project manager for uh, general contractors doing, you know, tenant improvements, going putting a new store in a mall, tear out the old store. Um, uh, from there, I transitioned into uh, production home building for couple different home builders that had nationwide presence and from there it was getting all the pricing and estimating everything it took to build a house from the initial survey and staking to the final clean and every possible option from just a bare bones base house up to you know the high-end uh, options and finishes pricing out uh, how that all works in there um, you know, adding on to the base house and getting all that pricing, figuring out what it should be. Um, after that, I went to a company as an estimator project manager that did epoxy coated and glass fused to steel, bolted steel tanks for liquid storage. And that was a nationwide company. Uh, Doing tanks anywhere from, you know, 5,000 gallons up to 10 million. You know, something, a little tank that could probably fit in this room up to one that's 300 feet wide, you know, 20 feet tall. Um, and that was something I had never really thought of, but uh, I found the job, found it very uh, intriguing, got hired on. And that was kind of my first I would say journey into coming into a place and where there wasn't really a great system going in. It was just kind of, Hey, here's our standard price for this, this many cheats equals this many hours. And 
Um, with that, I kind of really got interested in breaking down the nuts and bolts of a job and figuring out how can we do it better. Um, okay, so we charge this much or we put this much in the bid for this, but why? And, you know, it was just kind of, well, it's just kind of what we always did. I'm like, well, is that the right price? Are, are we losing money on certain aspects and charging too much? Is that why we're not, you know, getting the type of business that we want? Um, and so I really excelled at kind of finding the, the, you know, little bits and pieces that go into a whole job there. Um, from there, I went uh, to a company estimating commercial concrete. Um, and then I did a brief stint in residential plumbing and heating. And from there, I made my way to FCP services and again, kind of jumped into an industry that I didn't, hadn't held, had a whole lot of experience in, but um, it's interesting and I'm like, I've found a place where I think I can contribute. So you certainly joined us at a time when we are, we were in a, in a hyper growth mode in many ways. And traditionally in this organization, we have grown before we are ready to grow and didn't really know what we were trying to, to accomplish in some ways. I know when you stepped into the estimating role, we've had other estimators uh, that have been with us over the years, but predominantly the estimating was done by our chief operating officer and our president uh, and CEO of the organization. That's historically how our bids were put together. And so when you walk into an environment of trying to help an organization continue the growth pattern that it has, but also recognizing that many of the systems, processes, and things that we are doing won't scale with the business plans that they that we have. What did you what was what, what was going through your mind first as you as you tried to absorb what we were doing? I think when you started we were pretty much in that mode of we just got to get stuff out the door because we had massive it was that time of year where we were just getting a lot of bids coming through at that time. So that sort of our cycle of business. So what was going through your mind when you were when you joined uh, and as you went through kind of that first six months? Well I'd say I started out, um, came in and it was almost from day one, like, all right, here's what we got to bid today. Um, this specific client, you know, this is, uh, what they look for and want included and want done how they want the job done. And here is kind of a standard pricing that we've used for all, um, these elements of it. And do your takeoff, kind of apply these and send it out the door. It didn't really seem like, like you said, nobody really had time to, you know, sp spend much more than a few minutes, I would say, uh, on something or putting much thought into it, just kind of using, well, this is kind of where it's always been. And this is what we've always done. And I think after going through one or two and reviewing them, with uh whoever had been previously working with that client it was kind of like okay you got it uh here you go and um you know again it was it was kind of like well here's the pricing that 
you know, historically has made us competitive and it's worked out for us. Um, and I was just like, well, why does it work? What's behind this? You know, or coming up with the kind of the special situations, you know, a lot of clients are specific industries have kind of prototypes and this is their standard thing they do, but there's always locations where, there's something a little different that uh, you don't typically see. And when it comes to those things, like, well, you know, what uh, what kind of pricing have we used on this? And it's always kind of been like, well, when I was in the field, you know, it'd probably take uh, me and another guy you know, a couple days to do that. So, you know, figure in this many hours or whatever. And I'm like, well, you know, you just kind of guessing, like, well, I remember back in the day when. You know, I did it would take about this long and, you know, kind of seeing that, you know, we had this pricing at work, but there was not a whole lot of, I guess, again, research into is this the right price for this specific situation? Um, you know, is there any kind of anything more behind it than, hey, this is what's worked, you know? Um so, you know, once kind of getting my, my bearings about me kind of learning the company, the clients and everything, I've uh, kind of taken it from, you know, here's our historical price to, well, okay, we'll do the job. Let's take the data from the back end and apply it, do best we can to like see, you know, are we losing a certain area? Are we you know, certain areas, are we charging too much? Maybe we should adjust here down a little more here. Because when you run into situations where you've got, you know, it, that pricing may work on a standard size, like say retail store. But now you say you got one that's maybe one and a half times bigger than the, the standard and you're using that pricing. Well, you're getting much more production or volume in uh, you know, just one project. So now you can probably adjust that price down a little. You know, still make kind of, you know, your targets on it. Um, and, you know, if you get one that's maybe a little smaller, half the normal size, well, now that pricing doesn't work out so great, you know. Once you put in, you know, just the travel and your your general kind of costs, fixed costs that just go into doing a project, you know, may eat up. Um, a lot of the profits in that standard unit that you're using just because of the size. So, um, just kind of really setting in motion ways to try to get that data on the back end. Um, you know, look at, uh, how this pricing is actually working for us is something I really realized we needed to kind of do here in the first six months. So from your experience around the estimating on the different types of business that we are doing, mm -hmm. knowing your history of how you've helped other organizations gain more maturity and how they estimate projects. What are some things you're excited about being able to do now that you're at FCP and have a better sense of where we're trying to go? Um, what are some things that you're excited about implementing for the organization from an estimating standpoint? Uh, I'm excited in uh, helping out, uh, you know, more of the 
you know, I've been doing focusing mostly on our, our national paint segment. Um, and kind of seeing, you know, some successes I'm having there. And now, you know, this year rolling into helping more of our, our Minnesota segment there, I'm kind of seeing the same thing where, you know, this is kind of uh, how we've done it. This is how, you know, it's worked. Uh, and I, I see a, a big opportunity there as well to kind of do the same thing where deconstruct the pricing. Um, talk with the field more, uh, get feedback as a project's going on about how certain aspects of it are going, you know, how long does it take to do this? Is it, you know, we estimated this much time to do this. Is it taken, you know, it's taken twice as long or whatever. What, what are the difficulties there? Is this normal for it to take this long? Um, you know, do we need to adjust that pricing there? And, um, you know, I, I see a, a huge opportunity there as well, as well as continuing, continuing with the national paint is to just, you know, fine tune and understand the parts and pieces, um, of everything that goes into a job and to, you know, figure out how we can, uh, you know, be more competitive with pricing, uh, ways to be more efficient in certain aspects of the job um, is provided an overall better product. And as you have come into the organization, learned the business, you are now taking on a, a, a new role uh, in 2021, uh, managing all of the estimating department. You have a junior estimator that you are bringing along and mentoring uh, in that area, along with the different segments of our business. What are you most looking forward to in 2021 in taking on this new role? I think I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe kind of taking what I've done so far and, you know, kind of showing that process to someone coming up underneath me and, you know, bringing that person up and helping them um, I guess advance and develop to a point where we can kind of work, you know, as a team. Early in the conversation, you described a lot of your experiences and you've, you've played in a lot of different industries within the construction umbrella. As you look at the industry, but also the company culture at FCP services, what attracted you to the company and what have you learned about our culture and what we're trying to accomplish in our business? since you've been here? I think what attracted me was probably, you know, just kind of the personality and the culture around where it's, you know, uh, I'd say laid back, competent people, no micromanaging. It's, you know, we all have a job to do. We all do it. We all work together. Um, it could kind of, you know, while interviewing, get that a sense that that was kind of, uh, you know, the type of organization this was. And, you know, through the different places I've worked, I've kind of been through a variety of places. And the ones I enjoyed the most were the ones that seemed to have the a similar culture where it's about the people. It's about the client. Um, it's about teamwork. 
And, and in our culture, we obviously are a family owned business that's growing and, and is starting to put more structure behind things. This year we're adding to our leadership team. We've added to our project management function. I think the, one of the, the exciting pieces to continue to develop is your department in the estimating world. You know, right now we still have it somewhat done in each of the segments. Uh, I think the, the consensus is that we would like to have our estimating department become a true partner to each of the segments of the business to be a real shared service so that your expertise shines through and supports the different segments. From your experience, what's next for the estimating department? What are you what are you hoping to if you had a bucket list of things, these are the things I'd love to be able to to spend my time with as I manage the department. What are the things that you are most looking forward to working with the leadership team to enhance the estimating for the organization? I think just coming up with, uh, you know, the most efficient process to work with all these segments, you know, they've all kind of been compartmentalized and all kind of done things differently. You know, stepping into Minnesota paint, well, the estimating function there the way it's been put together and the thought process going into it has been completely different from the national side. Um, looking forward to finding, you know, a way to kind of standardize all this. Obviously there's still going to be differences between the segments, but you know, kind of a, a single process that uh, we can apply to all of it. Um, I definitely think, you know, like you said, estimating should be kind of a centralized partner. Um, so, you know, the guys running the jobs, the guys, you know, going out and finding the business can focus more on that and not do this dual role. Um, you know, let us focus on the estimating portion of it. You know, if your job is primarily go out and, you know, find the work, you know, spend your time, go out, find the work, we'll work together. You know, let's get that pricing in and, you know, we'll work with the execution side of it whether it comes to project managers or uh in the field the guys there and pass along as much information as we can as efficiently as we can for its smooth process you know from prospect to close out as we th- as you think about your career and how you kind of found your niche in estimating wanting to be a problem solver, wanting to be somebody who can deconstruct. I love the word that you use to describe kind of how you view where you find it, have found success. If you're, if you're talking to an audience of, of people, both our, our potential clients, but also people who might be trying to find their way in the construction space, whether they are college graduates or people who are out in the field today, but want to do something different, What's some advice that you might give to those people looking for work or why, uh, you know, I guess it's two parts. One is, is talk to us a little bit about what you'd give advice to people who are in the industry and may want to do what you're doing today. How do they find their niche? Uh, And then the second part of the question will be around why we're so different to work with as a company and how from your role, you actually make that experience a, a positive one for our clients. I would say, you know, 
throw yourself into some situations that uh, you wouldn't normally typically think of yourself being in. Um, you know, I always wanted to be more on the project management side, you know, early in my career. I'm like, you know, that's what I want to do. Um, but as times went on, you know, we went through some tough times throughout my career, you know, with economically. And um, sometimes you had to take a position that, you know, this isn't, I guess, ideal to what I had envisioned, but it's something new, it's related. And, you know, as time went on, I, you know, I found myself taking positions that were more cost estimator type positions than I would say purely project management. And amazingly enough, I, over time, I, I realized, you know, I like the estimating portion of it. Um, you know, not that I have any problems with project management, but I found that through these roles that uh, I never really envisioned myself being in that I had taken, um, I found that I really enjoy solving problems more on a technical, you know, numbers uh, type system than maybe when it comes to, you know, dealing with, uh, you know, different contractors on the phone and the, I guess the things that are uncontrollable that happen in the job, you know, the accidents, the weather, the, what seems like impossible timeline sometimes, we get everywhere with that. But um, yeah, I, I just kind of really found that, you know, I, I really kind of like the, the numbers side and figuring out the, you know, those technical problems. Um, and I, I had, you know, 10 years ago, I'm like, would you take a job where your primary role is just purely estimating? And I would have said, no, I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want to project manage. But, um, you know, it, take on those opportunities. Those, uh, you know, it may not be ideal, but if it's related, um, you know, broaden your, your horizons, I guess. Um, you know, I didn't quite do it voluntarily, but I found that, uh, you know, it was a good thing that I, I kind of took on roles that were more, you know, not what I wanted to focus on, kind of found where I'm happiest. When you think about kind of that journey that you just described, do you find that because you started working in the field when you were in college and then taking on project management roles, as an estimator today, you both think about estimating differently, but also you can relate to maybe what some of the challenges are that project managers are, are facing and how you can solve some of those challenges for them on the front end. Have you found that to be you're you're better at what you do today, even though you didn't necessarily plan the career path uh, because of the experiences you went through. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I I think for anyone you know you know going to the construction industry should really probably start in the field. You know, um, when you're more entry level, um, I, I I think it was invaluable, and as the field experience is part of my success today. Um, you know, I can, when pricing out a job or looking at the costs that are going to go into a job, 
I always think back of, you know, what were the unexpected things? What were the little things? You know, what was it like? You know, it, it, you don't just get to a job and, you know, within the first hour you're painting. You know, there's other things that go into it. The couple of days just getting oriented. Um, where is everything? Getting everything ready to go. Um, you know, the weather. How's the temperature affect you? You know, time of year. Um, and I always, you know, when it comes to those times when you kind of got to make those those guesses because um, you don't quite have all the, you know, the the scientific data to price something out. You do kind of go back to, like I said, the way things were when I started, where you almost got to think about like, well, you know, it probably took this long. You just envision yourself going back to those days and what went into accomplishing the task. And I, I, I don't, I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't have that previous experience, you know, in the field, you know, being the guy who's doing the work that, you know, I'm pricing out, you know, it's, it's a crucial part of uh, your journey through this business. When you think about your role, <coughs> uh, obviously one of the things that we have been successful with at FCP services uh, from the time that. Chip Campion started the business to where we are today. It's been about the clients. It's first and foremost about our people, but then through our people, it's about the client experience. As an as the person leading the estimating department, where does that factor in to how you go about doing your job? What would you want clients to know about your role in the organization as it relates to the client experience? I would say, you know, a lot of times with, uh, you know, estimating a project, you know, clients may not know what they want and they're, you know, looking for help. Um, you know, they know they've, they want it painted or, you know, new sealants or whatever. Um, and it's kind of about just meeting their needs and helping them out, get the best product, you know someone comes to you and like, Hey, I want this painted this building here. Okay. Well, through the estimating process, you're obviously looking through, you know, whether it be pictures, Google earth imagery, site visit, you know, going through and like, okay, they want it painted, but is there anything um, we can point out that, you know, they may need that they don't know that they need, you know, and, you know, not things to sell more, but to actually help them out, you know, reduce costs in the future. You know, you see, you got a water issue here and it's being caused by, you know, um, maybe some loose flashing on the roof or something. That, well, you know, flashing may not be something that we do, but you may want to have a roofer come out here and look at this. Um, you know, this is beyond paint you're having issues with here. And so always keeping that eye open for, um, you know, looking out for the, the customer and not just going there to, you know, Hey, we're going to paint it. We're going to get our check and go. You know, it, it's not about that. It's about taking care of the clients and, you know, it's helping them get a good product and, you know, good property reduce costs over the life cycle of uh, their building or property. Switching gears and kind of the last topic I wanted to cover the today with you is, is the industry 
particularly in the retail space, has changed a lot um, really over the last decade. Last year during COVID-19, I think it it probably accelerated some of the changes that were already in motion. What have you heard or seen uh, from our clients and in the industry alone? That, where do you think the opportunities to add value to clients in that retail space, where are they going to be heading from your from your perspective? Um, from what I can see, um, is it seems like clients are starting to view, um, paint is not just the way people traditionally think of paint. Uh, you know, whereas the average person sits there and like, well, yeah, you paint a room, make it look better a color I like. Um, and you know, I think some people still view it that on the exterior. Certainly I did coming into this. I didn't realize that, you know, exterior painting, you know, aesthetics is one part of it, but understanding that it's a, it's almost an investment to protect in it, you know, your property, your structures, your buildings, and, you know, preserve them and reduce costs in the future. You know, um, starting to see, you know, a lot of clients, I think really kind of understanding that, you know, there's always budgets, but spending a little bit more for maybe a little bit more premium paint or coating, uh, spend a little bit more to make sure things like sealants are done. Um, it may cost, a, you know, a 20, 30% more now, but that extra cost now, you know, may get you a product that lasts longer. So instead of, you know, getting a product that will last you four or five years, and then you got to go through it all again, pay for it, you know, spend a little bit more now, may get something that lasts eight to 10 years. Um, and then, yeah, so it costs a little bit more upfront, but long-term over the life cycle, your costs are uh, drastically lower. And, and that's, just, um, and just the products as well. And thinking of the quality that you're getting, not just, you know, going, who's the cheapest? I can slap a coat of paint on there and make it look good from the highway. You know, those coatings actually have a lot of science into them uh, and what they can do. And being applied properly, really keeping the moisture out of the building is the goal. And, you know, getting the right product, um, having it applied properly, you know, is extremely important. Um, just go, just in the year and a half, going on two years I've done this, you know, looking at properties, you know, they say water is the most destructive force on the planet. And it, it's incredible, you know, what can happen to these buildings and the cost it takes to restore them once, you know, you, you kind of, you know, neglect to think about sealing up your, your property properly. Um, you know, that paint and sealants, you know, keeping the water out, um, having it paint a little more, have it done properly, not just looking for the cheapest guy that can swing by, get it done, get out. Um, it can, could save you insane amount of money in the future. The, the cost to 
you know, do repairs on a building due to water damage from, you know, coatings failing, sealants not being replaced, I mean, is incredible to repair. And sometimes just even the cost to figure out what to do to fix it, you know, through engineers and site surveys can be quite high. So I would say overall, the kind of the understanding of the science um, and the value that goes into these coatings and what they can provide beyond just aesthetics is is kind of uh, something I'm seeing more people well, realize. A, I think that's a great point, and, and it's certainly why we existed from the very beginning. You know, I've heard Chip tell the story that he often um, – would, wasn't even realizing how poorly uh, some of the jobs that were done and the industry as a whole and our clients just sort of expected that to be the norm. And so if you can deliver just a little bit more, you made a significant impact on them, but it also helped your business as well. James today talks about not wanting to be the best of the worst. Instead, we have a different standard uh, as an organization. And Hearing you describe it, I think, is also something that is critical for us as an organization. It also helps us to understand why we are investing in a part of a business that often gets folded into either project management or operations. It's not always a standalone department in an organization, particularly an organization our size. And I think that investment tells the story of what we really care about as an organization, which is number one, uh, serving the people that we have internally, but also making sure our clients uh, see us differently than the industry as a whole. So I appreciate the time, Andy, today that you've described kind of what your journey was, which is always important for us to highlight on this podcast is, is the unique journey that everybody has, but also your, your expertise that you've brought to the organization, where you're taking it from an estimating department and also for our clients. Uh, so I appreciate the time today. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what you do consistently to elevate our uh, existence as an organization. Thanks. It's great being here. Thanks for listening. To learn more, visit fcpservices.com. Until next time, remember, people drive growth.